believe that God has something for you this morning. Raise your hands if you do. That means you're expecting something from the Lord. He has something for each and every one of us this morning. He has paid the price for us. I better turn my about what I did. Paid the price for us. I'm going to share something real quick with you, and then I'm gonna, we're going to get into the Word. You may have heard, you may not have heard, but I need your prayers. Uh, last week, I uh, may have shared, I don't know if I did or not, but had this infectious spot come back up on my leg again. I went to the doctor this week, and on the 19th of this month, I go for surgery to get the screws and the metal and all that stuff taken out of my leg. It's a bit of a setback, but you know what? It's a part of the journey, and I'm not going to fret over it. I still believe God can touch me today. I might run out of this building today, and then I won't have to go and have it done. But if that's the road that we've got to walk on, we've got to walk on it. I may be on crutches for four or six weeks because my bones ain't quite there to hold everything together. It's a possibility they could re-break, so I have to take it easy. But we know the one who can make the difference. Amen. I got that news this week. I could have went home and sat down and fretted and felt sorry for myself. I chose not to because God has seen us through so much. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why, Brother Mike, what you're going through or any others, Brother Berkeley, what he, but I do know this. There ain't nothing snuck up on God. He knows all about it. He knew it was coming. He's got a plan. He's got a way. He can take care of business. Amen? And so that's what I stand on. That's what I hold on. Um, had something else I wanted to say, but it must not have been important because it slipped my mind. We're going to continue on again this morning with the Beatitudes. The Sermon on the Mount, we just sing a song, thank God for the red letters. Well, this spans uh, two chapters, or actually three, five, six, and seven. So it's three chapters this, this sermon covers, and all of its red letters except the First verse or first couple of verses in the last couple of verses. The rest of it is red letters, and we take that to be what? It's the words that Jesus spoke. There's no denying that. We can't add to, we can't take away, and by the way, every single word of it we better take in. Amen. He spoke it, and he spoke it for a reason. It's for us. So if you'll stand, we're going to do this again this morning. We're going to read the scriptures that we're going to first off. Starting in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1. We'll be going through verse 9 today. So, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, the idea here is, I'm going to highlight them again for you. Probably after this week, if we do more of this, we're not going to maybe do that, but... The people had to come to the Lord. If you're here today, you don't know the Lord, then you've got to come to him. He is here for you. It doesn't matter what dark place there is in your life or where you've been. He can be there for you, but you've got to come to him. And when he teaches, it's best to listen. It's best to take it in. And so they came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he started talking to them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You remember that's the one? If we see ourselves compared to a holy and righteous God, we understand we need a Savior. If we can't see that, then we don't see that we need Jesus and we just go on about our business. That's the first step. That has to happen. That's why he put it there. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And he's talking here about mourning over sin. Yes, you will be comforted if you lose a loved one. What he's talking about here, if you mourn over sin. And that's where true repentance comes from. We don't just say, I'm sorry, God, and go back out and do it again, thinking, okay, everything's good to go. No, true repentance means you don't do it anymore. You walk away from it. And then we get the picture that he gives us here. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, meekness is not weakness, right? Meekness is strength under control. That is us being yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Spirit of God, and he takes the strengths that are in us, and instead of the devil getting to use them, God uses them. So if we are meek, it doesn't mean that we're weak, okay? Blessed are those who hunger for and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We picture that as a man hadn't eaten in a week, and you bring him into a room where there's a, a pot of gold and a steak and some mashed taters, he's probably going to go to the steak and mashed taters before he'll go to the gold because his mind is on one thing and one thing only, and when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, the rest of our lives, our lives should be solely on him. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness, this is a command actually, and it's a promise, you will be filled. You don't have to beg for it. You don't got to perform for it. All you got to do is be thirsty and hungry. And so if we'll have that, we will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you have mercy, you can give mercy. If you've never received mercy, you can't give it. If you're having a problem giving mercy, you need to come back to the Lord and say, Lord, I need some help with this because I can't see this. I'm, I'm putting all these stipulations on why or why I shouldn't give mercy. Well, just think about what the Lord did for you. Think about that. And once you give mercy, it's a revolving door. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more you receive. Doesn't mean that we're saying sin's okay. Doesn't mean that. But you have mercy. I think about a lot of times how long I waited before I received what God had for me. If he hadn't kept giving me mercy, I, never, I wouldn't be standing here today. Not in this pulpit. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure in heart. Remember, we learned that the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can know it? We have things that happen in our lives and we don't understand. Sometimes when something will happen and we say, well, you know, I didn't know that was in me. God did. And if we trust our heart and lean on our own understanding, we're going to make up a gospel that is not the truth. That's a, that's a part of early sanctification, isn't it? Our whole lives is about sanctifying. So now we're on our, our one for today. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemakers. Did you hear that? Peacemakers. Almighty God, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for this word, and we thank you where you're going to take us today. And I pray today, Lord, that I'm submitted to you. Use me as your servant to give what you want given. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us that came in this room today We'll walk out of here closer to you than what we were when we came in. We thank you for that. We depend on that. We trust in you. We need you. We can't do this without you. We want you to receive the glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So, that was a lot of standing, wasn't it? I got a bum leg. I stood the whole time. So it's all good. We're living in a world today where you can buy just about anything you want. Am I right? 
Anything you want, if you've got the money, you can buy it. Just about anything. But I'll tell you something you can't buy. You cannot buy peace. How many people do you know, maybe you're one of them, and I've walked down that road, so I'm, I know what I'm talking about. We look at our circumstances, we look at life, we look at stuff, we look at things, we look at all this stuff, and we all of a sudden we have a, a peace that comes in, and we're like, yay, yippee, until it wears off. Am I right? I mean, is that the condition of human beings? We're always seeking for stuff. We're always trying to get a better car, always get a bigger house, more stuff, better job, all this and that when those things will not fill that empty hole that is inside. And you cannot buy peace. You cannot buy happiness. You cannot buy joy. That is stuff that is only found through the Lord Jesus Christ, period. If you can't see that, then we need to, you need to get to know who he is, and I'd love to introduce you to him today. I'd love to tell you who he is and let you get started on a journey. And I want to tell you now, it is a journey. It ain't always going to be uh, roses and, and sweet perfume. Sometimes we walk through some stuff we learned last week, didn't we? You know, things come on us because God is growing us. He's taking us to that. That's how we get to the place of a pure heart. And so we've done a lot as a society. We have we got airplanes that first started out, I mean, just 120 years ago almost, something like that, a little over, a little under actually, that they flew a couple hundred feet. And boy, everybody was excited and happy about it. Now you can get on a jet and you can go around the world. They figured out how to refuel in air. So if there's a tanker coming up, you could stay in the air indefinitely unless the plane wore out. That's the technology that we have. We've been able to do that. We have put people on the moon. Right? Do we have peace? Is there any peace in this world? No, no, no. We got satellite communication. We can take right now, if we had the, tech and the money to do it, we could actually be broadcasting live, and somebody on the other side of the world could be hearing this. We got the technology that says is going to download the messages, and if you want to go listen, you can. Somebody can hear it. We have the technology with email that I can, I don't have to write a letter and stick a couple of stamps on it to talk to Dan Miller in Paraguay. It's, just, it's as simple as an email. And within a matter of minutes, if he's there and, and receives that at that moment, if he's not busy, he can write back a reply. And that's what we have. Those are the things that we have done. We, we have come up with all these things. And we've actually made this world like a community, right? I mean, we can talk on the phones. We can, we can do all this. We can do uh, FaceTime. All this we can do. They can talk to people in the space station, ever how many hundreds of miles that is in the air, and they can sit there in real time, talk with each other, seeing the picture, seeing the face. Uh, many of us are going to go home today, and you might watch football. Well, football is going to be on somewhere in some city, and you can watch it live. That's what they call it. All because something goes up. That's all of this technology, all this knowledge that we have come up with. Uh, we, we can make this world a place of a, of, of, of a neighborhood, that's what it is. But we have yet to be able to make it a brotherhood. You understand what I'm talking about this morning? It's hard enough to make a brotherhood in a small community. Sometimes it's hard enough to make a brotherhood inside of a home. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's tough. 
Sometimes it's hard. But I can tell you this. If we see that we need peace, and I, can everybody agree with me, this world, our, our nation needs some peace, don't it? Now who's going to give it to them? Only the Lord can give peace. But he'll do it through us if we will let him. Amen? We can, we can look at all the problems and we can point out all the problems, but the question is, is what are the solutions? Are we willing to hear the solutions? Are we willing to take these solutions out to the world? That's the question that we have. You see, we, we can't live together. People, I mean, we can fall out. I, I guarantee you sometime before the year is out, somebody sitting in here will probably fall out with somebody else that's sitting in here over something. If it's not somebody sitting in here, it'll be somebody that you know. Somebody that's close to you, we can fall out with them because we can't live together. Because of a selfishness in our hearts, a state that we have inside of our heart. But where does this come from? That's the question. This is finding the solutions. Blessed are the peacemakers. You got to have peace before you can make peace, right? I can't build a building without the materials to build it with, so you have to have peace in order to make peace. Amen? That's, that, we got to get that. But go to James chapter 4 and verse 1. and says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that are war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. You see, men are at war with one another. When I say men, I'm talking about mankind. That goes for the ladies and the babies and everybody, okay? Men are at war with one another. Sometimes we'll come up with a truce, but a truce is not peace. There is a big difference. Why is it that we're at war with one another? Because we're at war within ourselves. You're getting truth this morning. I pray that you soak it in. Don't shovel it over on the other guy. You let the Lord do that. The Holy Ghost does that. That's what he does. That's what he specializes in. You and I can't do it, but he can. So let's let that work be done. And, and so we're at war within ourselves, and, that, and we're not at peace. People are not at peace. And the reason that we can't be at peace with anyone else Mostly is because we're having another problem. What is that problem? We have to find what that is. Now, this may be for you today. This may be something for you to take out to someone today. I know that it's timely. I know that the Lord does. You know, most people are a fight looking to happen. Did you know that? Take anybody you want to, somebody you're close to, somebody maybe you're not so close to, you're a fight waiting to happen. Amen? Think about, I'm talking about mankind, not necessarily you, but if you're dealing with something, maybe that's what's going on. You're a fight looking for somewhere to happen. You remember last week I told you about that person that makes your blood boil. I could mention a name or you can think of them, probably are right now. That's what the devil tries to do, and your blood is just boiling right now. Did you know that that is not something that that person did? I told you this last week. 
What's making your blood boil is what's already there. They just are able to push the button. See, God already knows. Maybe the reason that we are in that with someone is because God is revealing to you or me what is sitting inside of us. Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? Shake your heads and I'll do something. I want to make sure this is getting in because God already knows what is going on in our lives. He don't, tests don't come so he can see what's in here. He already says he searches the heart. He already knows. What happens is, is so that now we can see the way he sees See ourselves the way he sees. You see, why are we at war on the outside? And why are we at war on the inside? And the idea is simply this. It's because we're at war with God. Amen? I can preach a message. I can preach a message this morning. And if we would sit down and have an honest interview when I'm done, somebody ain't going to get it and somebody ain't going to like it, but somebody will. Do you understand? I mean, we got 30,000 denominations around this world. We got one Lord, right? Jesus Christ, one God the Father, and one Holy Spirit. Do you think they are making up confusion? That's the question to ask. Can we read this scripture here and have 40 different ideas that come from it? I don't think so. The Lord has what he is going to give to us. He has given everything. to. He's given and it's written in red. And that's what he has for us. And James 4 and 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or war with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Folks, we can't ride on both sides of the fence. We're either with the Lord or we're not. There may be some things we don't know about, yes. There may be some things that we deal with and struggle with, yes. But at some point, we have to go back to those, those that mourn. We have to be mourning over something that God is showing us. I'm giving y'all stuff that give, God gave to me for all these months laying on my back, and, and, and this is what he has given me to give. I don't know, it might be for an individual sitting here or several individuals this morning. Maybe it's in somebody that's in your life that you need to give this to, but it's important. It's important that we see when we're having issues here and we're having issues with that guy over there, the real problem is our problem that I have with God. Something he's trying to do in me, something he's trying to change in me, the sanctifying thing that is going on in my life, that's what he is doing and he says that we're enemies with God. We're at war with God. War is opposite of peace, isn't it? You see, until you're right with God in this world, you're going to be a troublemaker. That's a, is it true or not? Don't we, we, we see that happening all along. And if you're a troublemaker... What are you not? A peacemaker. You can't do both. You can't ride both sides of the fence. We can't have that going on in our lives, and therefore we have to be submitted to the Lord. You see, there's seriously something wrong with a man that can get along with everybody. The Bible says as much as possible within you, live peaceable with all men. Now, I may want to live peaceable with Brother Danny. He may not just like me. Maybe he don't like the way I talk. I don't know. Maybe he don't like the way I dress. I don't know. Whatever it may be. But the thing is, I want to have peace and live at peace with him. But if he don't want to do that, I, I can't make it happen. 
You're not going to live peaceable with everybody. And I'm going to go another step forward. This thing should not be happening in the body of Christ. The body of Christ cannot be at war with one another. Otherwise, who is at the helm? It's not the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's the devil. He is the one that comes and brings the divisions and all these things that come about. But we have a word. We have the word of God that helps us to get past it. Our fleshly bodies, our fleshly nature that we were born in doesn't always want to receive that. Has anybody ever gone to somebody and it just eats you up to say, I am sorry? Well, maybe that's the problem. Nobody knows. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'll see your hands. Have you ever had to say, I'm sorry? And it just eats you up to do it, but you knew it was the right thing to do, right? I've been there. I reckon I'll probably have some more theirs to be at too. But sometimes that's the thing that we see. You see, peace is not appeasement. And somebody's not at peace right now. Can I tell you this? Appeasement will never bring about peace. Peace is not truce-making, folks. Truce-making is the absence of war. We have bases around the world, don't we? I guess probably the last, well, we got all around the world. And many of you guys that stood up this morning, you've been to serve at some of those bases. Why? Because of truce. I'm just going to talk about the Korean conflict, Korean War. Police action. You know, we come up with all these words, but you know what? If somebody don't like somebody's ideal and somebody else don't like that ideal and they start shooting at one another, it's called war. You put other whatever label you want it, but it's a war. And you got North Korea and South Korea right now, and there are people on the 38th parallel that belong to many forces around the world, primarily the United States. Any of you guys ever been in Korea, served in Korea? Raised your hands this morning? Brother Steve, he has. The reason being is because they had a truce. You know the truce talks. You ever hear about those? They're going to have the truce talks. It'd be in the newspaper. Everybody get excited. They'd have a ceasefire. A ceasefire is just a matter of just getting your guns ready and everybody getting rested up so we go fight again. That's what appeasement is, you know. That's all they're doing. We're having truce talks. Well, we don't have enough money this month. We've got to tax the people. We've got to make some more bullets. We've got to get them across the ocean. We've got to get Whatever the case may be, a truce is just that. It finally ended with a truce. But what happened? You still got guys up here that want to kill guys down here. And we still have forces that are there to keep that from happening. It's not peace. If it was truly peace, the guys up north and the guys down south would be going to each other's house for supper today after church. That's what true peace would be. But they're sitting there. You always got to build a better weapon than the other guy. You always got to find another defense system to keep them away. Always trying to get a hold of it, get ahead of the next guy. That's all that a truce is. And if we do that with among ourselves and all we do is come up with truces, but we don't come up to the place that we have peace, it's just a fight ready to happen again. It's just going to take a little bit of something to strike that match and set it off all again. And if it's been stewing for a while, it'll go up big. Come on. Not going to get a lot of shouting this morning, that's okay. You know, I, I get to talk with a lot of people. And sometimes, two people will not see eye to eye on something. 
And what's going to happen? They're going to butt heads. Sometimes, Brother Murphy, you can amen this if you want to. The preacher gets in the middle of it. Not because nobody wanted truth. It was because they just wanted a referee or something. Because you can give truth all day long, and if that person doesn't want it, they are not going to take it. And at the end of the day, when that argument is over, that fight's going on, whatever's happening, at the end of the day, they both look at each other and do one of these handshakes. All that happened was a truce. Because as quick as they walk away, this guy will go over here to his friends. And this guy over here, he's going to go over here to his friends. 30 seconds after it's happened. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Am I talking truth this morning or not? We're talking about blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God. That's not peace. That's a truce. That's a saying, okay, I've been coming to church here a long time too, and I ain't moving, neither. And my group over here is bigger than your group over here. Can I ask you, is that the Lord working that out? No. Absolutely not. Who was doing that? Sometimes it ain't even the devil. Sometimes he ain't got to do nothing because we have a nature that is within our hearts that will cause us to do that. The devil don't have to pull no strings. He already knows. He already knows. You see, peace is a right relationship with God and that right relationship with God will lead with right relationship with yourself which will in turn lead to right relationship with others. Amen? I mean, I need to talk about homosexuals or something and get everybody clapping or something this morning because this is really good. This is good stuff for us to have. Amen? We got to rake it in, folks. You can walk out of here today the same way you walked in. You can be mad at somebody. You can have something going on and not have peace in your heart just the way you came in today. But I'm telling you this morning that the Lord has said, hey, I want to take you somewhere else. I want to take you to the place that there's going to be peace. You can walk out of here and you can now think of that person and your blood's not going to boil. You're going to actually think of that person and say, I really need to pray for them. If two people that are butting heads will pray for one another and they both, where are they going to meet at? They're going to meet where the Lord is. Amen? What's going to happen there? In His presence is the place that peace is going to be. We can only have peace in Him. That's the only place that peace comes from. The peace that surpasses all understanding comes from the Lord. We're in this world. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in this world, but we can actually have peace. Did you know that? I can get upset about what's going on in Washington. I can get upset about who's standing for the flag or who ain't, and I'm a patriot of patriots, but the main idea here is, is when the Lord comes back, each and every one of us need to be going with him. That's what's important. That's what's important is that we get on board with the Lord. Don't get caught up in all these other things. We see it. We know it. We know it's a problem. But here's the thing. This is what's going to help this world. It's the Word of God. It's when somebody gets saved, a heart changes. Can I, can I get an amen? Everybody know what I'm talking about. I'm not the same guy I was. How about you? And that's what we need is we need the Lord. Peace literally means 
the fruit of righteousness. We talked about that a few weeks ago. You and I are not going to obtain that on our own. I'll use the example. You can, we can walk into church and wear the right clothes and do all this and, and have the right language, and as quick as we walk out, it don't happen anymore. Can't we? I'm not saying you are. I'm saying can't we? Does that not happen and men are fooling themselves? But see, an unrighteous person is never going to have peace. Let me say that one more time. An unrighteous person is never going to have peace. Righteousness is rightness with God. We talked about David last week, right? A man after God's own heart. Did he get it all right? Did he sin? You better believe he did big time. But God said he was a man after his own heart. You know why? Because what broke God's heart is what broke his heart. And when we get to the place that what breaks God's heart, and you, do you think if Sweetie and Danny are having button heads about anything, do you think that actually breaks God's heart? It sure does. Because he's not willing that she should perish, and he's not willing that he should perish. He's willing that they will come together with him at the center. He said, I'm there where two or three are gathered together in the midst. If you don't like being in the same room with somebody, how in the world are you going to get in the midst with Jesus? I know this is tight, guys. You know, I don't know. I'm going to give what God gives me. I have no idea where my life's going right now. I have no idea. I'll tell you this. I will not keep serving you in the state that I'm in now. I can't. You deserve better. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Physically, I can't. And I'm trying to get it all in that I can get in to say, you know what? We can walk out of here with a smile on our face today. We can walk out of here with the peace that God has. We don't have to keep walking around looking at the world and looking at what's going on around us and not have peace. We need Jesus. We need the Word of God. And he gives us all that we need, Brother Murphy. He gives us all that we need. And you know what? We're coming up on a time that we're going to talk about peace and all this. It's Christmas time and everybody's got the Christmas cards and all that's going to come out. But it's not a feeling for six weeks. Oh, now it's like two months. I mean, you know, Halloween night, I saw Christmas commercials. No, it should be every day. 365, 24-7, every day, every day. And I told you at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, all those red letters that are there, we don't get to pick and choose. They go as a set. It's a package deal. We don't get to say, I like this one, I don't like that one. We don't get to, we don't have that, in us. John, James 3 and 17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's what the Word teaches us. Psalms 85 and 10 says, Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Righteousness and peace go hand in hand. Uh, ben and Lisa got married a few weeks back. They are now hand in hand, righteousness and peace. Uh, which one are you? No, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I guess I have the peace. You see, peace has an enemy, and that enemy is sin, plain and simple. Sin that comes in, it causes that separation from us. And, and, and Isaiah 48 and 22 says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Let me say that again. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. I interpret that for me. I'm going to let y'all do with it what you will. But if I'm not having peace, there must be some wickedness going on with me. Because God just told me right here. I didn't say he did. There's no peace for the wicked. This is tight, isn't it? This is tight. There's something there. And that's what God's trying to get us to see. See, sin separates us from God. Sin brings inner turmoil. Sin separates us from other men. Sin originally started, and it, first of all, separates us from God. And when we don't have God, how in the world can these attributes of what the Beatitudes are, what we are to be, how in the world can they have place in our heart? It's because God says this is what we need. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Here's a strange verse for you in the Bible. Matthew 10 and 34. Excuse me. Do not think that I came to bring, bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. What are we going to be having our Christmas card saying? We're talking about the Prince of Peace. We're talking about Jesus coming. Uh, peace to the world. Peace to men. Peace to mankind. But he says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And you see, the picture that he is saying here is that he's bringing a sword. His sword is like a scalpel. And that scalpel cuts fine. Don't it hurt? They're going to cut on me in a few weeks. I mean, I'm still praying God will touch me. I don't have to have this done. And it ain't going to be fun. It's going to actually be painful. I know it will. If it ain't, I'll be surprised. But in order for healing to come, there has to be a cutting that has to happen. Jesus said, I'm coming with a sword. And that sword he has is a sharp scalpel that's going to take and it's going to cut away those things that don't belong. And the more we want to hold on to it, the worse it's going to hurt. I may be speaking words this morning that has just got somebody's blood boiling. That's okay. But in order to get to the place of healing, it's going to have to hurt. And the more that it's hurting is the more that we're trying to hang on to it. Come on, am I talking truth this morning or not? I believe I am. I believe I'm talking exactly what God wanted me to let you know. You see, God is saying that he has a standard of righteousness, and he will not, he will never, ever, ever make peace or have a truce with sin. Never. He has that standard, and that's what that sword is for. That sword is to say, I'm going to cut away. I'm going to cut away what don't belong. I'm going to cut away these things. You know, the, the Bible tells us that, that the fruit part of the fruit of the Spirit, remember I told you, I don't know how long ago it's been, but it's not fruits of the Spirit. It is a fruit. It has different parts. Peace is one of those parts. Love, joy, peace, right? Peace is one of those parts. And the thing is, is how does that come about? It can only come about by the Holy Ghost. Only He can bring that. Only He can give that. And, and, and 
I'm going to tell you now, Jesus in John 14, he, he, he said, I'm going to pray that the Father will send the Comforter. The Comforter is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to teach you these things. I can teach it this morning, and some will get it, and some don't want to get it. But he is the one that actually does it. I can't save anybody. I can't make anyone see the truth, but only he can. And without him, if we're minus of him, then how are we going to be able to have the scales taken off our eyes to see what we need to see? You see, it can only happen that way. He is the one that will bring it. Uh, first, uh, Colossians 1 and 19 and 20 says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That peace happened at Calvary. It happened by the blood of Jesus. We sing about the blood of Jesus. And that's where this peace comes from. How did it do it? Because Jesus on that day in the blood of Jesus, you know what happened? He came up to wickedness and he came up to sin and he says, you know what? We're not going to make a deal. We're not going to make a truce. No, I'm putting you underfoot now. I'm defeating you now. And we as Christians can walk through this life with our heads held high and we can be happy. We can have peace. Amen. We're living in a world with a lot of bad stuff going on, but we can still have peace with God. It was taken care of at Calvary. That peace only comes through Jesus. And that Spirit comes. And when the Spirit comes, He will give us everything that we need. He will bring remembrance to us. If we don't come to church and we don't hear the Word and we don't read our Bible, there's nothing put inside of us for Him to remind us of. Amen? We have to come. We have to stay in the Word. We have to take everything that He gives us. And He also said in the end of that, He said, I give you my peace. Now, sweetie, come up here. Right here. I'm going to get in trouble. Here. I just gave her a piece of candy. Throw it down. If she don't want that piece of candy, now she ain't got it anymore. But I gave it to her. I gave her the piece of candy. I want, see, God wants what's best for us. He loves us. He loves you, each and every one. And he says, I've got something I want to give you. It's up to you if you want to take it. Go ahead and pick my candy up, please. <laughs> you keep it. That's what God is doing. He gave us this word. He gave us the message today. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Now, what are sons? What are we? What was Jesus about? You remember whenever he was 12 years old, right? He was about his father's business. If you and I are sons of God, and I know it's hard for women to think about that, and I'm not God, I didn't write it, but we know what he means then we are to be about his business. Strictly about his business. We're to be just like Jesus. How can we be like Jesus? Only by the Spirit of God. And we're to be about his business. And that business is this, 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
Jesus came so that we could be reconciled with God, and he gave us what? Do you know you got a ministry, Sister Lee? You got a ministry, and it's the ministry of reconciliation. Number one, reconciliation with God. If that happens, then we can have reconciliation among us. Amen? That's how it happens, and that's what he came for. And that's the ministry that we have. We're ambassadors for the Lord. We don't go out and give uh, uh, something different than what he says. We don't go out and give something different from what the Word says. I still don't understand why we we have so many different interpretations of things. I can't understand that. For me, I can't get it. I don't think I'm supposed to get it. Ambassadors represent the king. Who is the king? Jesus. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And we are his ambassadors. We represent him. Anywhere we go, anything we do, we should be representing the Lord. And that's why sometimes we lose peace because we don't always represent him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Do you got peace this morning? You guys come on up to sing. Y'all know what I asked you to sing, so do you have peace this morning? This is testimony time, and a lot of people don't like this, but this is testimony time. Do you have peace with God this morning? Let me see your hand. That's a testimony. I just asked you to testify is all I did. I didn't put anybody on a spot. Do you have peace? And if you don't have peace, God can take care of that today. The question is, is do we want him to take care of that today? Peace with God. If I get right with Jesus, if I get right with God, then I'm going to have peace. doesn't mean I'm going to have a lot of enjoyment all the time. I'm not enjoying it this, this morning too good because y'all looking at me funny. But I do got peace because I do know what was given this morning is exactly what he wanted to go. Exactly what he wanted to have. I'd be happy to sit and discuss this message with anybody that don't understand something. Maybe I didn't put it out right. I don't know. But see, remember what I told you earlier about people that don't have peace? They will go. And they say, what did you think about that? And if you don't say what I want you to say, then I'm not talking to you no more. Think about that. And she didn't get it either. She didn't say what I wanted to hear. What did you think about it? next thing you know you have division happening see where there's no peace there is division that's what that sword's for that Jesus came with he will bring division if you don't have peace this morning I'd love for you to get to know who Jesus is